This is Be Hoop Travels, the podcast. Greetings, greetings. It's your boy, Brian, uh, Mr. Be Hoop Travels himself. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I tend to start these podcasts off with an apology um, because it's always my intention to be consistent with the podcast. Um, I do have enough content. I have enough things to talk about to go on for quite some time. Um, but, you know, once again, life happens. And I think we can all relate to the way life happens and opportunities present good opportunities present themselves. So I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the last podcast where I talked about Western Montana. That was January the 29th. So that's that's today is April. What is April the 7th, I believe. And that's been a while ago. <laughs> so that that's well over two months. And during that time, I've been really busy with work. I've been really busy with completing the first draft of my novel called Obama Black, uh, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm really proud of. It's been a probably about a 12 year labor of love uh, and it's just starting to to get off the ground. And I've gotten some really encouraging and positive feedback about what I've written thus far and, and what I intend to write. Uh, and, and, you know, I've been able to show to some important folks my synopsis for the novel and people seem to be very pleased by it and very interested in hearing about what I have to say. So that there, there's a little bit of pressure. You know, I got to I got to admit there's some pressure uh, when when you hear people say that or when you enter a space or a phase where you're being. Uh, exalted for your talents and, and you're being praised for the things that you do. There's, there's this pressure. There's this pressure for performance. Excuse me. That was, uh, some alliteration there. (laughs) Got, got, got caught up. But yeah, so you feel like you gotta, you gotta perform. You know, you don't wanna let people down. So yeah, so I have been working with Obama Black, uh, burning the midnight oil. As, as, as they say, and trying to submit it to different competitions and award, uh, award competitions. There we go. That's, that's the word that I wanted to say. So, yeah. So Obama Black is doing great. Uh, but it is quite time consuming. And since January, my wife and I have done some travel, uh, which is going to be the focus of this episode. So this is the Honolulu episode. Um, I have so many other places that I could talk about that 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 we've been to or that I've been to by myself. Um, but I felt compelled to come back and report about our experience in Honolulu. Uh, and both of us were we're still talking about it. Uh, we are we're both very fond of our experience. It's definitely one of the, the best vacations we've had. Uh, now we're a sucker for uh, a, a tropical beach. Um, so if, if you can get us on a tropical beach, you, you've got two people with big smiles on their faces. That's for sure. So we went to Honolulu about a month ago and we spent a week there. 
Um, but we're going to get into Honolulu. I'm going to give you all the, the, the details and all my musing, if you will, about Honolulu a little bit later. But yeah, that's going to be the focus of this episode. But yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and move forward. Uh, you know, I've already, uh, apologized. I've done my, <laughs> done my apology, my obligatory apology to everyone, but it's all good. It's all love. And I know that everybody understands. Uh, but yeah, COVID. COVID is still happening. It's still a thing. Um, it, it seems like there is a light at the end of the tunnel, of the proverbial tunnel. And I'm vaccinated. My wife's vaccinated. We've been vaccinated for quite some time. And we were we were not completely vaccinated when we we had had both shots, but it hadn't been 14 days since we 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 had the second shot. Uh, before we left to go to Honolulu. So even, and it's important for folks to know, even if you're vaccinated, it's it's still not time to completely let your guard down. Um, because now it's interesting, I'm hearing conflicting information about whether or not I could pass it on to someone. But I, I believe, you know, again, and I've researched this. I've, I've heard two different things. But we do know that people that have been vaccinated have contracted COVID. So there's still a possibility that you could contract COVID. And it sounds like there's a possibility that you could pass it on to someone. Now, if you do contract COVID and you are vaccinated, you won't be as sick as someone who potentially as sick as somebody who uh, didn't have the vaccination. So there's there's. Lots of reasons for why we should all want to be vaccinated, but we aren't going to have that discussion because I know there's some people that are listening to all this vaccination talk and they're rolling their eyes. Uh, but look, you know, I, I my position is that I vehemently disagree with those folks who think that the vaccination is a bad idea. I think it's a worse idea to not get vaccinated. Uh, we all know how vaccinations work. Um, I understand I'm not, I'm not coming down too hard on the, the anti-vax folks because there are legitimate reasons, his, historical reasons for why people feel uncomfortable with the vaccine. And I'm right there with you. But I, I think we have to have more of an analytical mind. And I think we have to uh, try to cast some of those anxieties aside and, and just allow uh, logic and common sense and things that you already know about a vaccine to govern your decisions. But anyway, that's not what the point of this uh, thing is about. Well, one one thing's for sure is that not being vaccinated could be a huge impediment to your travel uh, in the future. So we don't know. We do know that some countries are requiring visitors to be vaccinated. And there's even talk about uh, people having to be vaccinated to go domestically, which I'm not sure how that would work and how that could be controlled or monitored. But yeah, so as it pertains to COVID, there were or there is protocol that you have to adhere to with regard to entering uh, Hawaii. So it was it was in fact, it was kind of complex because you had to get your COVID test through one of their trusted partners and you have to do it 72 hours before it has to be the test has to be taken within 72 hours before the departure time 
Okay, your departure time of the last leg of your flight. So in our case, we didn't have a direct flight. We flew Atlanta to Seattle and then Seattle to Honolulu. So we had to think about the departure time from Honolulu and not the departure time for Atlanta. And also you have to be mindful of the time in Seattle, right? So we had to think about 7.30 Seattle because uh, that was the time that we left. <clears throat> yeah, that was the time that we left uh, Seattle to go to Honolulu. So which is 4.30 in Georgia. So we were able to, the window of time that we had was, we left on a Friday, so Tuesday, 7.30 to uh, Friday. Well, sorry, Tuesday, 4.30 Atlanta time, all the way to 7.30 Seattle time, which is 4.30 Atlanta time, but we were in Seattle time, so that was the time that mattered as it pertained to leaving out of Seattle. So anyway, so yeah, so you can already feel that it's a bit confusing. And then you had to upload things at particular times. And then there is scanning involved. And actually, my wife was was in control. Uh, She managed that whole COVID. uh, I'm sorry, COVID test thing. For us to to be able to get to Hawaii, but I remember getting to Seattle and they made an announcement because you weren't able to board if you hadn't hadn't uploaded your stuff. So there were people making a mad scramble to upload their stuff. So, you know, if you're going to Hawaii in the next what I imagine a couple of months, I'm pretty sure these these requirements are still going to be in place. Uh, in fact, I've heard there's been a slight uptick in covid numbers. Um, because of the increase of, of tourists coming onto the island. So I, I, um, you know, it's a small place and, and, you know, they don't have an extensive medical infrastructure. So that's, that's even more reason that they be very, very careful about how they, they manage, uh, you know, they have, there's a balancing act, right? Because there's an economy that's completely dependent on tourism, um, and and if people can't get there, if you're not, <laughs> if um, you know, if, if COVID is keeping people from coming, uh, they have to figure out a way to let people come, uh, and figure out a way to uh, get people who aren't sick to be able to come and enjoy the island um, to keep the COVID numbers down there. So it's 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 a like I said, it's a tricky sort of balancing act that all places are having to figure out with with their respective policies. But yeah, so we we did all that. Uh, We did one of those. I mean, I've probably taken a half dozen COVID tests in the past year. And this is the first time I did one of the rapid ones at one of these like dock in a box places. And it was expensive. It was like a hundred dollars, 150 bucks or something like that per person. That was for both of us. But we had our results in 10 minutes. So we had we 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 were that afforded us a level of comfort uh, prior to our trip uh, so that we didn't have to worry about getting the results, you know, at the last minute, because sometimes the, the free ones, which with regard to Hawaii, aren't the trusted partners, but there are some. Uh, even the trusted partner COVID exams that took longer 
than 10 minutes. You know, it even took like maybe a day or two to get your results. So we didn't want to be in a situation where we didn't have our results before it was time to go uh, because, you know, there is a possibility that you wouldn't get boarded for the flight. And let's say you managed to get on the plane, you would certainly have to quarantine for 14 days. So our vacation was only a week. So uh, yeah, nobody wants to go to, trust me, you don't want to go to Hawaii and be unable to leave your home or your room or your Airbnb. That's that's tor- torture. Uh, but yeah, so COVID's still around. It, it, it looks like, you know, I'm looking on my timeline on Facebook today and apparently... I don't know what's going on with Puerto Rico, but everybody's there. (laughs) Everybody's there. Um, All up and through my timeline, I see people, you know, doing the San Juan thing and doing the ATV thing out in the Puerto Rican rainforest. And and that's great. Uh, Puerto Rican is a super place to go to. So uh, and it's nice. It's, It's nice to see people that I don't ordinarily see travel um, be able to go and enjoy Puerto Rico, which is a place that I know we like to think that it's a foreign country, but it's not. It is a territory of the U.S. You don't need a password, passport to enter Puerto Rico. Um, so, you know, that's one barrier of entry that's eliminated. But yeah, it's it's nice to see folks that I don't ordinarily see travel or at least they're not sharing it on social media or even folks that I know um, outside of the context of social media, who don't travel that much, um, I even it, it, I've seen that they've been taking advantage of, uh, which I hear they're cheaper rates these days to go to Puerto Rico, and I hear that. <clears throat> uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling. I'm talking fast. It's not that I hear. I know that there's a lot of pent up demand. So people people just want to do something. People want to go someplace. You know, we've uh, some of us uh, have gotten stimulus, stimulus, stimulus in the past month or two. So I think it, I think it's fantastic for people to, uh, you know, be able to do that for themselves because. Travel is one of the the greatest acts of self-care that I think you can do for yourself and your family. So uh, shout out to all the folks that are in Puerto Rico. Although I hear there have been some tourists from the mainland who have been behaving really badly. Um, And, you know, we don't we don't need to do that. Uh, We don't need to go to someone's home and, and make it worse for them and be disrespectful to them. You know, treat. Treat Puerto Rico and the people in Puerto Rico the way that you want to be treated. But yeah, there, there's been uh, quite a few articles that I've come across about tourists being bad. And I'm going to assume that it's the, the, a very small majority, minority of travelers who are going there and acting a damn fool. So don't be that person uh, if you are going to Puerto Rico or any place else. Go have a good time and be on your best behavior. So... Um, what else am I going to say about travel? So yeah, travel, I think this summer, the travel is going to, you know, the, the, the amount of people that are passing through the airports on a day-to-day basis is creeping back close to pre-COVID levels. So I think this summer we're really going to see it. 
you know, people are going to be out of school. A lot of us are going to be vaccinated. And by then, some of the numbers should be able to go down. Um, but I think it's important to note for the for the purposes of memorialization that actually we are there are some places in the world that are experiencing a fourth surge and there's talk that we may even experience a, a fourth surge so we might not be able to distribute and uh distribute the vaccine quickly enough so that we can bring the numbers down b- b- before there's some sort of surge and with people starting to travel and doing spring break uh, there's a lot of, of concern coming from the White House about what that might look like in a couple of weeks. And, 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 there, and quite frankly, I live in Atlanta, quite frankly, there, there's been a real lackadaisical attitude about masks. People are kind of over wearing masks. Um, you, you, pe- you see people wearing masks a lot less in these states. These leaders, quote unquote, are eliminating these restrictions and allowing things to be open and running at full capacity. So that just means people are going to be all up in each other's face. So it logically follows that there will likely be another surge based on the facts that are in front of us. You know, we we can't get the vaccine to people quickly enough so that we achieve some sort of herd immunity situation. Um, but yet, you know, people are, are, are moving and grooving as if, you know, we, we figured out this COVID thing. Now, I do want to say I'm not shaming anybody. In fact, you know, we've done quite a, quite a bit of travel, uh, but I think there's a way to travel responsibly and, and, and to not add to the COVID problem. And I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, it's just about following protocol, avoiding large crowds, uh, wearing your masks, doing a lot of simple things that they keep telling you to do is one of the best ways that you can avoid contracting COVID and traveling. Um, and, and again, you know, it doesn't eliminate the risk entirely, but it, it, it sure enough gives you a, a good chance of not getting it. So, you know, I say that to not shame anyone. And if you're if you're ready, because I know some of the people say they aren't ready, but if you're ready to travel, you know, I think you can do it. I just think that you need to be smart about it and, and you know, do the things that they're telling us to do, uh, which one of those things they're telling us to do is to not to travel. But I don't think that's, you know, realistic. It's kind of like the person at church that's telling all the teenagers to not have sex and to, to be abstinent, but you know that they are type of thing. So yeah, it's it's uh, a similar metaphor. It's metaphorically uh, relevant <laughs> that I, I I bring that up in that way. But uh, but but yeah, that you can do it. Just be smart, folks. Just be safe. Wear your mask. Make sure that you have your sanitizer and and don't go to a nightclub where there are people that aren't wearing masks. That's just a bad idea. It's a bad idea. And I don't understand why people would make that choice. I mean, you're not watching the news. Are you not paying attention? Do you think you're invincible? I don't know. I don't know. Blows my mind. But common sense, common sense uh, always wins. (laughs) 
always rules the day. Um, but yeah, I think that's all that I wanted to catch up on. <clears throat> um, we're about 20 minutes in and I'm gonna try to keep this under an hour. I think I'll be able to do so, but I, I did hit all of the, I'm going through the Rolodex in my mind here. Just give me a second, but that's, that's basically it. Um, so as I mentioned, we decided to go to Honolulu and it was an excellent decision. I'm glad we decided to go. Uh, it was perfect for us. And, and as I mentioned before, we are sun, sun seekers. We love the beach. And, you know, if you haven't been to Hawaii, and if you have been to Hawaii, you know what I'm talking about. But the, the beaches are incredible. Now, we stayed <clears throat> in Waikiki Beach on the island of Oahu. And that's the most populous, populated island. Uh, very expensive real estate, by the way. There's not a ton of housing inventory. So that puts a upward pressure on price there. But but yes, we stayed in Waikiki Beach. Now, some people will say, and a lot of people have said that that's, that's not really Hawaii. It's not true Hawaii. And the reason that they're saying that is Waikiki is for tourists. It's got a lot of hotels, a lot of restaurants, some of which are corporate, corporate managed chain kind of things that we are accustomed to on the mainland. And there's a mall, um, albeit a really nice mall. And so it's kind of this for I thought it was a nice blend of of, you know, there was this harmony between the, the pristine tropical aesthetic that we know that is Hawaii and capitalism, <laughs> you know, and, and commercialism. And I was okay with being able to walk to, you know, a restaurant, you know, a cheesecake factory or whatever the case may have been. But I could look out of my hotel room and I'm looking right at Diamond Head, which is this massive crater and i'm looking at palm trees i'm looking at the the turquoise colored cerulean cerulean blue colored waters every single day so it didn't matter that you know t for me and i think for many people it doesn't matter when you have access to the things that make hawaii hawaii you know i, I could go and experience the beach and I could go and do other things, but I could also go and have, you know, to a bar or I could go to the mall. So I think it, it offered the best of both worlds, especially for someone who is going to Hawaii for the first time. Uh, so most people that the Hawaii purists will say, well, the real Hawaii is out on the North Shore, which is, you know, the North Shore of Oahu and out in Kauai and out in Maui. You know, there's a less there's less of this. <clears throat> this this commercial district type of thing going on. And that's fine for those people. But I, I remember we had an Uber driver who, uh, fancy guy, he was a concierge at one of the, the high-end hotels there. And he was from the Big Island. He, his family had been there for a couple of generations and 
he had lived all over the world, come back to Hawaii. And we were like, well, why didn't you go back to the big island? And he was like, I need my, I need my target. <laughs> I need my Sam's club. And, and he's talking about the thing that I'm talking about, that, that harmony between the things that, that we like, our guilty pleasures, you know, the Cheesecake Factory and TGI Fridays and, you know, Walmart and all of those things um, that make our lives, let's, let's be honest here, that make our lives a little bit easier. And I think it's okay that, that we can say that. But also, you're on the island of Hawaii, and if you want to get out of Waikiki, Waikiki, that's how you say it, uh, you can just drive away. Or you can you can leave. You you don't have to be there. And then you could experience uh, a quieter, quieter version of Hawaii, a less populated version of Hawaii. If that's the thing that suits your fancy, it's all there and it's all, you know, right near you. You don't have to go, you know, hours and hours away to get that fix uh, if, if, if that's so important to you. So. So, yeah, uh, we stayed in Waikiki and then also I'm going to start saying Hawaii, Hawaii. It's Hawaii. Um, a friend of ours who's from Hawaii says, actually, it's Hawaii. So we'll, we'll I'll use them interchangeably. Uh, Hawaii and Hawaii. Uh, you know, again, spe- spectacular place here. I'm actually. It's, it sounds like I'm rambling a little bit because I'm, I'm reading something here, making sure that I'm staying on task and I am telling you about everything I'm going to tell you about. And I'm a little rusty. I haven't done this in a while. But yeah, so we, uh, oh, I wanted to talk about <clears throat> the flight route. I think I mentioned it before, Atlanta to Seattle and then Seattle to uh, Honolulu, five hours from Atlanta to Seattle and then about s- almost six hours from Seattle to Honolulu. We did get to Honolulu about eight o'clock on a Friday night. Um, and it was, you know, I think we had been traveling for like, I think we had been up for like 24 hours by that point. But coming back, because when you come from the West, uh, the there's always a better tailwind. So it, it the, the ride wasn't quite as long on the way back. But what was super dope about us coming back is that I got to experience Delta One. And for those of you who know what Delta One is, it's it's the big plane for Delta. Uh, I forget, I'm not good with my planes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't, I, th- I think it was an Airbus, uh, but Delta One is the business class section of this big, big, big plane, this big boy with the sort of the flatbed seats and uh, the the particularly exceptional service. Um, and it's not available on all planes. It's not available on every Delta flight. So we just happened to be on a flight that offered the Delta One. And we were able to uh, procure two seats in the Delta One section, which made me really happy because that had been one of my goals. It's one of my, my, my bucket list things that I was able to make happen. Uh, you know, Stephanie, who travels for work all the time, uh, pre-COVID that is, uh, <clears throat> had been on Delta One on a few occasions. 
But what made this nice is like this wasn't like an hour long flight or two hour long flight. This was like a six hour flight or five hour flight rather. And that was just long enough for me to really enjoy it. So what I will say about Delta One is I'm a big boy. I don't know. I don't know if I told you, but I'm a pretty big boy. And it was able, I'm about six feet tall. So I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, really tall, exceptionally tall, but I'm not short. A little bit above average height, but I was able to fit comfortably. And I felt like the seat kind of wraps you up like a cocoon and you could move the seat in any way that you needed to to feel comfortable. You could adjust your TV so that you could angle it in the right way so you could see the full screen. I'm telling you, there's nothing quite like it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit in a regular economy seat. Uh, ever again. <laughs> uh, I'm no good. I'm officially no good because that was a wonderful travel experience. And I kind of get why people are really emphatic about <clears throat> first class and ex- especially uh, a situation like Delta One. So, yeah. So I um and, and we kind of found out the day right before we were traveling that the Delta one thing was going to happen. So, uh, so it was a little bit of a surprise, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was wonderful just to put it mildly. Now there were two things that we did. So let me, before I get into that, I do want to say the time that we were there, there was a lot of rain. Uh, it was sort of unseasonably rainy, uh, I watched the news and they kept saying how it just doesn't rain this much, which really discouraged us from doing a lot of the things that we intended to do outside of Waikiki. We planned on going up to the North Shore and, and taking in some of the sites or some of the the the, the nature uh, that, you know, these pristine sort of Hawaiian spaces that you hear about. Uh, we, we had planned to go visit and some of these are like protected parks and stuff, too. So but we didn't get to do that because we, we heard about mudslides happening. And that was the last thing we wanted to get caught up in is some sort of mudslide and dams breaking and that type of thing. So, you know, uh, you tell me that type of thing. I'll stay my butt. We'll stay our butts right there in Waikiki. So we were a little bit disappointed that we didn't have the opportunity to do all of that uh, because of the rain. And and when I tell you it rained, it was some serious, it was a serious downpour. Thankfully, it was mostly at night. We were able to enjoy the beach every day. I think maybe with the exception of one day with really good sun. Um, I'm still peeling. I mean, it's been a month. I'm, st- my, I'm still peeling. Stephanie still has tan lines. So that's just a testament to... How good the sun was, how bright the sun was, and how long we were out in the sun. We aren't those black people that get weird about being in the sun all the time. We'll, we'll, you know, we did like a whole eight hours one day and it was, it was fantastic. But like I said, we, we didn't get to do some of those other things that we wanted to. Uh, but two things that we were able to do, which were really these, I think quintessential 
Hawaii kind of experiences and something that I'll never forget. Uh, we went snorkeling. I've never been snorkeling before. And I was, you know, a little bit apprehensive about doing it. Uh, you know, just the idea of being going out that far in the ocean and, you know, the only thing that's keeping you afloat is your your life jacket there. And I can swim, um, but I don't know how great of a swimmer I would be way out in the ocean, in the deep blue sea. Uh, but we, we ended up going and we were on one of those catamaran deals and there were about 10 other folks and we had a really good guide. There were two guys, uh, a girl who was in college who, instead of just staying at home uh, for her COVID year, I just came out to Hawaii and worked and did our classes online. In fact, there were quite a few kids that were in Hawaii who were in school someplace else working in Hawaii and and taking their classes online, which, you know, I think that's pretty cool. That's something I would try to pull off uh, if I was in college. But anyway, we took the catamaran out from this harbor uh, right outside of, of Waikiki. And it actually ironically took us out about maybe a mile away from the coast, but it was actually right across from our hotel. So you could see our hotel and, you know, they, they kind of brief you on. I don't know if you've been snorkeling. I'm sure some of you have. But for those of you who hadn't who have not I, I do encourage you to go. But I do think it's important to know that. You have to be quite aware of a lot of things when you're snorkeling. So you've got the little thing in your mouth, the, you know, that you breathe out of. You've got the goggles that you have to find a way to not allow them to fall because you want to be able to see. And then, you know, you're, you're able to dip them in this, this water concoction that, well, water based concoction that was supposed to protect it from prevent it rather from fogging up, which mine managed to fog up. Uh, you got on the flipper things on your feet, which aren't the easiest thing to walk around, especially on a catamaran where there are other people and there are lots of narrow spaces. Uh, yeah. So you have to kind of keep, you know, aware of that. And then when you get into the water, you know, the, the water, there are waves that happen. So sometimes the you're kind of being pushed a little bit on the wave and the, the water will rise like up to your mouth and the water is very, very salty. Uh, so you're, you know, trying not to get too much water in your mouth and trying to keep your mouth closed and trying, you know, trying to sort of get used to it, used to being that that far out in water that deep. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that you kind of have to get in the right mental space so that you don't freak out. (laughs) At least, you know, maybe it's just me, but I kind of had to adjust to being out there at first. And once I did adjust out there and, you know, I was able to feel some comfort, Uh, I was able to have a good time. And Stephanie had done it before, so she was uh, much much more confident about moving around in the water than I was. And we had a GoPro. She had the GoPro. So there's some really cool, if you follow me on any of my social media accounts, 
you you probably already saw the clip where she came face to face with this huge sea turtle uh, underwater. And it's hilarious because she screams when she realizes she's looking face to face at it. And you can see the 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 sea turtle kind of go the opposite way. So he didn't, you know, try to like chase her or anything. But you can the, the funny thing about it is that she's above water. And then you can actually hear me telling her to move because we could all see because uh, he was his his body, his shell was kind of visible from the top of the water. And we were trying to I was trying to tell her to move and she wanted to get a picture. So she went under the water and then you can hear her talking above the water. Then there's a pause and then you can see her looking you know, almost face to face with this turtle and then she screams and then she comes back up. So I, I probably watched it like 50 times because <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. And she thinks that it was even funny. She even had to laugh at herself. So uh, but <clears throat> the water, if you're if you're prone to seasickness, I, I do think that you should uh, carefully consider whether or not this is a great option for you. Um, it, it, the waters weren't particularly choppy that day, um, but on the way going was a lot more choppy than coming back. So there were a couple of minutes where we were slapping the waves, but also on the way back, we got we had our free willy, our free willy moment is what I like to call it, where we saw like five whales and, and our guide was like, yo, this never happens. We never see this many whales and they were, you know, popping up and, you know, we could see the water coming through their air holes and stuff. So it was beyond a National Geographic moment for sure. Uh, and, I, and I was able to get that actually. Someone else got me the video for that because we were hanging out in the back uh, because we both are kind of prone to being seasick. So going and sitting in the back was sort of the best thing to do. So uh, but anyway, I, I, I got the, the video. So I'll always have that to remember. And then I could see the whales from where we were. Uh, but yes, yeah, snorkeling was was a highlight of the trip. And the second thing there are actually three things. The second thing that we did that was very memorable was the luau, which I think is like, you know, a requisite thing that everybody should do when they come to Hawaii for the first time. Now, the tricky thing is that there weren't that many luau's. And as I may have mentioned, the economy, the tur the tourism economy in Hawaii is starting to rev up. At least a month ago, you could see that it was starting to rev up. There were lots of places that were closed. There were lots of places that weren't, <clears throat> you know, doing any business uh, whatsoever, like rental car places and restaurants and bars and that type of thing. Uh, but luau's, something told me to book the luau before. I don't know why we didn't do that, but we figured, hey, it's Hawaii. We're sure somebody's having a luau. You know, which was true, but they were all booked up. So we spent actually an entire evening scouring the Internet to find a luau. And we weren't we were able to find one, but we weren't able to schedule it toward. We were only able to schedule it 
at the end of our trip, which was a little bit disappointing because we wanted to do it at the beginning of the trip. But uh, but it was all good. It was all good. You know, we were very, very thankful. Now, the thing about the Luau is that it was maybe about 40 miles away. It was like the closest Luau. There aren't too many Luau's that are right there in Waikiki. But we did the Chiefs Luau and we read some reviews and overall the reviews were pretty good. And in my opinion, it was I thought it was fine. As far as as luau's go, I'm no you know luau expert, and I don't think the people that were writing these reviews were either. I'm not really sure what it was that they expected, but <clears throat> the the luau's are a bit pricey. I think they may have been uh, speaking from that point of view, but I feel like when you're on vacation, especially in a place like Hawaii, prices for things are going to be a little bit inflated. So uh, I think for this particular luau. The price was about 150 bucks per person for a two-hour show that included your meal, and you got some like cool, like like a cool necklace and this like cool grass-made sort of uh, I don't know what to call like a bandana, if you will, bandana-like thing. So we actually went to the Chiefs Luau, as I mentioned. Uh, outside the city next to the actually the wet and wild amusement park it was right close right beside it took an uber out there and also another thing about honolulu the traffic the traffic ain't nothing nice uh i've heard about i heard the traffic was bad but i was like look i live in atlanta i lived in houston you know i've been all over the world i've seen some traffic i've seen traffic in sao paulo brazil which may have been the worst traffic i've ever seen but this one ranks up there and I'm like, it's not that many people that live in Honolulu. So how is it possible that there's this much traffic? Well, I don't have an answer for why there was so much traffic, but I can confirm the traffic uh, could be a bit of an issue. And we were worried that we wouldn't make it to this this luau on time. But thankfully, we, we timed it just just right. And we were able to get to the luau right when it started. Now, we're at the luau, we relieved we made it, we sit down, and guess what happens? The rain. It starts to pour, it's raining in buckets, and we're looking at each other like, shit. And we're trying to stay optimistic, and because a lot of times in these tropical places, it will rain for a short period of time, and then the sun will come out, and then it'll rain again. So we thought we would be granted some sort of reprieve. Nah. It rained from the moment we sat down to the very end, which was like an hour and 45 minutes later. So since we paid our money, we were going to enjoy this show. That's the kind of people we are. And we're going to figure out a way. Uh, something told me to get umbrellas from the hotel and they gave us these the real good ones, you know, the the, the big ones. So we, we got these. Uh, umbrellas they gave you a poncho which was you know helpful Um, but they continued with the program even as it was raining and you could see how everybody was just very uncomfortable they were performing in the rain around a lot of electricity a lot of wires and stuff uh, incidentally but we had a great seat uh, but I, I, I can't be wet for too long but being the observant brother that I am, I saw that there were places where I could, we could stand and we could 
be covered, right? So there was like these little kind of gatehouses that were around it. And if you stood beside it, you'd be covered by the roof and you could still see. And then the lady saw this really nice lady who was one of the performers told us about another place that we could go where there was a chair and you would be covered by the roof in the same way. So that's what we did. Um, but there were people, people were leaving. I heard one guy say, Hey, you know, we'll just write it off on my taxes, you know, but we're not going to sit through this in the rain. And I get it because the rain was, the rain was nonstop. It was nonstop and it was intense. No lightning or anything like that. Just kind of a, a tropical downpour for about an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, and as I mentioned, that was the entire duration of the show. So that sucked a little bit, but we got some really good video. I enjoyed it. I'm sure I would have enjoyed it anymore, even more, excuse me, uh, if it, if it, you know, we were able to sit in our seats and not worry about the rain, but you know, stuff happens. That's the thing about, that's the thing about travel that I like to emphasize to people is that, you know, some of your best laid plans will just not happen or it won't happen in the way that you think you they should have happened. And it's, it's disappointing, but you got to move on. Or you have to make the best of every situation. That's just that's just the way it works. That's just how you manage that. So <clears throat> the luau, the the snorkeling uh, were two of my favorite things. And then we did go out to the Pearl Harbor um, the Pearl Harbor Park, I guess you could call it. And there's the, the submarine, the submarine, the submarine, um, SSS Bowdoin, and then the USS Arizona, and then the actual Pearl Harbor thing. So that's something to know. Now, when you read about it, it's like, yeah, it's free to enter, the the museum like the actual space but you have to pay and you have to make reservations to be able to go out and see the pearl harbor monument and to see the uss arizona and to do the submarine well the day that we went everything was sold out it had been sold out for like a couple of days so we Figured out real early that Pearl Harbor wasn't going to happen, or at least going out to the monument wasn't going to happen. And the only thing that was available <clears throat> was the submarine. And it turns out the submarine was actually pretty cool. There was a museum that talked about <clears throat> a, a, a lot of the new, uh, a lot of the submarines that were a part of World War, World War II, and what it was like to live on one and just a lot of relics and and interactive things that you could do that were in my opinion you know I didn't really I don't really give a damn about submarines but <laughs> I really enjoyed this place and it had just opened so it's it's a brand new museum there that had opened like maybe a week before when we were there and then you can go out to the submarine and walk through the submarine which by the way I wouldn't last a day on the submarine. One, I could can't fit really these shoulders. You know, I, I I could. It was difficult for me to walk from room to room. Uh, but the claustrophobia in me uh, was challenged in the 15 minutes that we did this walk through the submarine. Uh, but I remember one guy, this old guy. 
I don't know why people feel like they can just say whatever they want to you. And I, I didn't take offense to it, but you know, he just kept remarking about my size and how big I was and how, you know, the submarine wouldn't work for dudes my size, which he's not telling a lie. He's, he's not telling a lie at all. Uh, but you know, it's kind of, kind of a, quite a thing to say to a person. <laughs> uh, you don't know how they might respond to it, but <clears throat> yeah, so we did that. We took an Uber out to the, the Pearl Harbor area, which was like a 30 minute ride. Uh, but I'm glad we did it. And it felt like, you know, we got a sense of history that, you know, we had always read about in a history book or in some sort of documentary. And it always feels like you have such an abstract relationship with these kind of historical spaces. Um, but when you visit them, you, you have a whole different perspective about it. So uh, that that was one of the other things that we really uh, enjoy doing while we're there. Okay, so I'm at 49 minutes, so I'm going to have to to wrap it up. A uh, couple of other things. You know I love food. Hawaii is a Oahu, excuse me, Waikiki and Oahu are wonderful, is a wonderful food destination. There's such a strong Japanese influence. I had no idea that there were that many Japanese people that live there. Lots of people from the Philippines, a strong uh, Filipino influence, and then even a Portuguese influence in a lot of the food. Uh, I don't know how many people from Portugal live there presently um, and, and what that community looks like there. But uh, in a lot of the food, um, they're, they're Portuguese influence that people would tell us about or you would even see it on the menu a uh, couple places that stood out. We, again, like I said, we spent a lot of time on the beach. So, you know, it, after spending eight hours on the beach or six hours on the beach, however long, you know, you want to take a nap and chill. So there were a lot of times that we did a lot of casual dining, a lot of ordering from room service type of thing, just because we were tired. Uh, and that, but, but that's what we wanted to do. You know, we can we can go out to eat. Any other time. Uh, and, and of course, we were like, you know, we we're going to make space to go and have a good meal, a nice dinner, which we did. We attempted to go on our anniversary, but that was the first night the the the, the monsoon happened. So that that kind of put the uh, kibosh on going out for that night. But we made up and we went to a place that was about a block away called deck in the rain might i add uh we weren't gonna let the rain stop us that night at the queen capiolani hotel which is a really fun kitsy kitschy is that the word kitsy hotel uh with like very sort of campy lots of camp in the the decor there uh but it was it was quite busy that night it has unparalleled views of the diamond head uh crater that I was telling you about mountain crater thing that that was right by our hotel. Uh, food was spectacular. I mean, we had all kind of different seafood. Uh, we had some appetizers, these wings that were literally the best. And like I told you, I'm a wingologist. These were the best wings that I think I've ever had. They were kind of like sweet. 
Uh, I want to say there was some sort of guava going on, but it, it was it was outstanding. Uh, that was a place that we went to, uh, Masubi, which is a Japanese like bento box place. They had some outstanding food as well, and there are quite a few Masubis out there. Um, but those were two places that stood out. There are uh, several others that I might try to mention on some of my social media so that, excuse me, you might have that information before your trip or you can reach out to me directly and uh, I can tell you about the other places that you would want to go whenever you go to Waikiki, you know, provided that you aren't like us who just want to be beach bums all day. But, you know, it's okay if you want to do it. Uh, But, you know, Next time, because there will definitely be a next time, we want to do the Dole Plantation and the Polynesian Cultural Center, which there's some really spectacular uh, experiences there that will sort of enlighten you about the the local culture there, the the, the native culture there uh, on Oahu and as well as the other islands. But I definitely want to explore Maui and Kauai. Uh, We talked to locals. And we talked to people who were very experienced with traveling throughout the islands. And it sounds like it sounds like Kauai is probably the place that I would want to go to uh, next. Uh, And of course, I want to go to Maui and I've heard amazing things about Maui as well. But I think Kauai, excuse me, is even more low key and even more pristine than Maui and a little bit off the radar. And there's something about that that appeals to me. So, uh, and, and I want to come back to Oahu too. And so I'll even stay in Waikiki because like for the reasons that I, I had mentioned before. So there's nothing wrong with being able to enjoy it all. You don't have to like one thing because you don't have to not like one thing because you like something else. It's okay to like it both, to like it all. And, and that's what, that's what we intend to do because we'll definitely be back in Hawaii. And then there's an island that I didn't even think about called Molokai, which uh, there there aren't a lot of people living on Molokai. And, you know, you can fly there and not many flights to go there, not many hotels, but it's supposed to be one of those other sort of mind-blowingly beautiful places uh, in Hawaii as well. So yeah, so that's definitely on my radar. And just while it's on my mind to remind people, if you plan on going to Hawaii soon, it's also important to note that even inter-island travel would require additional COVID. So if you're going from Oahu to Maui um, and to maybe any, and to also to maybe the other islands, I'm not sure which other islands required covid uh, testing, but I know for sure if you traveled from Oahu to Maui, you would have to follow their COVID protocol as well. Now, if you're going from Maui to Oahu, you don't have to do that. So Oahu is a little more liberal with their policy as it pertains to folks coming from Maui to Oahu. So that's just something to note if you plan on going to uh, any any of the well, if you're going to one or more island, it's important to know that. So <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. 
it felt good doing a podcast. Uh, as I've stated before, it's one of the things that I enjoy the most and I'm going to continue to do a podcast and who knows, who knows what's going to happen. You know, this, this podcast thing could be the way that, you know, I make my money. And if I'm making money talking about travel, then I don't know if there, if there's anything else that would make me that happy. Uh, I mean, I want to be careful about how I'm saying that, but I'd, I'd be a very happy person. It, it would just be a real emotional thing for me uh, just because, you know, I've always been passionate about travel and I love doing a podcast. I love talking about my experiences and telling my stories about stuff. So, again, thank you for paying attention, listening to me. And if you have questions about anything, reach out to me. You know, I have Be Hoop Travels, the podcast. I have... Uh, that account on Instagram. I have Brian underscore El Explorador on Instagram. You can reach out to me and then Brian Hooper on Facebook. So feel free to reach out to me if you have questions about anything, but I'm going to go ahead and sign off and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.